When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Hello, thank you for being here today. I hope you are having a fabulous summer. We, it is hot here in Florida, but it's still, I don't mind summer in Florida. The only time I don't like Florida is September because it's where everybody else is cooling down and we are not. And that's where I get a little angsty in Florida. But, you know, the best thing, one of the best things about living in Florida is you get to go on like so many fun day trips because there's so many great little beach towns. And we live about 45 minutes from St. Petersburg, which I highly re- recommend. Um, they have great beaches and it's just a like, there's so much development. They're revitalizing it quite a bit. It's such a fun art scene and food scene and it's beautiful. It's on the water. So we always love going over there for a day. And we went Saturday and we went um, to this Italian market. It's really funky called Marzo's Italian Market. And it is like you're in Italy or in New York, super crowded, but such like fun pastry shop and deli and pasta shop and cheese shop. It is the, it's all this Italian imports. That's just beautiful, beautiful ingredients and fun to go to. So highly recommend it. Their Philly cheesesteak is delicious. My husband likes number two with extra slaw and that's our recommendation. So I know you didn't come here for a great recommendation, but add that to your bucket list because that's a fun place to go. And I love those days where we just get to um, have a day date and enjoy each other. And I'm actually talking about the opposite of this is kind of dealing with a difficult, challenging family member or challenging person in your life and how to do this. And, you know, I came up with this topic because last week I coached three people on this where somebody was causing them angst. It was a sister-in-law. It was, I think, a mother-in-law and it was somebody from their church and they were just like, this person, these people were causing my clients a lot of unwanted pain. And so I think it's really important to learn how to handle the challenging personalities in our life. You know, it's really easy to love everybody when they're acting like we want them to act. But most people, most of your group is going to be filled with imperfect people, strong personalities, and probably lots of opinions. And that could generally lead to cause you some chaos and potentially some situations that could bring drama. And I have learned to navigate this in my mind and really to love people for exactly how they show up in the world. And I'm going to teach you how I do this so that you can create this dynamic in your life. And I call it kind of the secret of the universe because I no longer like think people are challenging or people are toxic, or I'm kind of worried about being in somebody's presence. Like I no longer have other people don't have that power over me anymore to make me feel differently than I want to. And, you know, we, the problem is we grow up in the very beginning learning to um, let like Other people are in charge of our happiness. Um, You know, we're young and like our parents are in charge of it, our siblings. And so we kind of 
grow up thinking that's the way life should be. So I'm going to teach you how like people around you can have less impact on you, especially difficult people. And when we start off depending other people to make us happy, it sends us the message like they're in charge of our feelings and we really don't control how we're thinking. And if we are happy, it's because of what people are doing for us or what they're doing around us that makes us happy. And you know, we do even say this to our kids, like we want them to be polite and nice. We ask if somebody's hurt their feelings or don't hurt other people's feelings. And we get that message that we are really powerless with how we feel and think. And the language that really this is called, and this is what I use with my clients is emotional childhood. And we really, it's the opposite of how like we want to really perform in the world, how we want to think about the world. And, you know, I have ages from 13, almost 13 to um, almost 25 in my family. And I love independent children. And so like from 16 on, I have my kids making their own doctor's appointments. I like, I am all independent. Right. And I think you would agree with that. Like we love our kids really learning how to become fiscally independent, um, even like healthy, like I give them tools to exercise or teach them eating well. But in the end, I try to really not micromanage like how they're, what they're putting in their body or how they're treating their body. And we do this financially. Like some of our kids, we are helping more than others right now, right? Because we're trying to teach them that um, independence and how to function as adults. But we don't always do this when it comes to their emotions. Like I was never sat down as a, you know, 21 year old from my parents and them saying, okay, Jenny, now you're 21. And now you have to, you are in charge of your own emotions. And we never really learn that concept of happiness, like is up to us. Like we say things like happiness is a choice or choose your attitude, but we don't teach them the tools on how to do it. And we really don't teach them the power of learning how to create emotions, how to process emotions, and the way we think about people. We really don't understand how much our thinking is impactful. And so that's what keeps us in emotional childhood. And emotional adulthood is when you really realize you are creating all of your emotions. There is not people around you, the, the difficult people around you, the way they are acting the words they are saying is not creating your emotions. It's your thought around what they're saying. Okay. And, you know, we think if like, if we have a challenging relationship, it is because there's a challenging person in this relationship. And really that's not the case. It's, that is completely wrong. It's our thoughts about that person versus what that person does is the challenging part. And we want to like, think that's a bad thing. But I like when I work with a client, she's like, so you're telling me my mother-in-law saying these words that nine out of 10 people would agree are hurtful is not the problem. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the best news because we can't change your mother-in-law. She's going to keep saying these hurtful things. And that, if that was the case, then that would be bad news because we, your mother-in-law will continue to be who she is in the world but we get to decide what we make her words mean. And then that is us taking back our power. That is emotional adulthood. And like, just like I teach my kids fiscally how to handle this, um, 
you know, health-wise, like how to just, what they need to be doing. It really, I have taught them now, which they kind of think is annoying too, because they are any negative emotion they really have to own. But I teach them that they have to own their own emotions, that it's not the people around them. And it is a hard dynamic to really grasp because then you realize like you can't blame other people. You have to really own what you're feeling and that happiness is a choice, but you, it is also yours to create. And, you know, I want you to think about like the person that is causing you the most angst. Like when you're with this person, you have to manage your mind a lot. Um, you have lots of thoughts about this person. And when you're away from this person, you're probably still thinking and you're thinking a lot. They cause you to feel a lot of emotions and what you're doing when you're saying that they need to be different or they, if, when I'm around them, I'm unhappy. You are choosing the most dysfunctional person in your life to be in charge of how you feel. And you're, who's <laughs> probably somebody who can't really function emotionally well for themselves but you are giving them also the job to make you decide how you want to feel. And no longer, we are going to take back the ownership of the difficult people in our lives. And, you know, I had one client whose um, grandparents, when their child came out, didn't like respond. And in fact, kind of said something negative to their child. And, you know, she's like, how do I even like help my child have a relationship with her grandparents? And this is really when it gets tricky because we want to respect the grandparents, but also like help our children realize like the boundary of like how to be treated. And, you know, you might not like how they act, but when we create a thought of judgment around how they act, that is what creates the feeling of dislike, hate, dread, anxiety. And so you can't control, what can you control? If your grandparents says something negative, you get to control of how you're feeling around them and that you have complete control. And if you tell your, your child, like, well, you know, like we just won't be around grand, our grandparents, that's not teaching your child how to get along with difficult people. And so we really want to pattern for them, our grandparents, how we want their respect because we want them to respect our child, right? We want them to love and support our child. And that is the same thing we want to do for them. Okay. So for this instance, this um, grandparent said something, right. And, you know, it's, it takes very little of what you can say back. You know, you'd be like, oh, I can see why you could think that grandma, but we don't think that way. But I know that you love and want to support our child the same as us, like go to the place of like what you can agree on and say, when you say that, this is probably what they would feel. And so I know you don't want them to feel a certain way. And most people don't like hearing that we don't agree with it. Like grandparents might respond in a very, in a very kind of defensive way, but even when they get defensive to say, you totally get to feel that way. Like I always give myself the permission and others permission to act how they want, which is so funny because they are going to act how they want. But when I give myself in my brain, they totally get to act like they want. When I really think that way, then when they're acting kind of um, in a way that I would not prefer, it doesn't feel so painful. And I just kind of can love them in that way. And so, you know, Byron Katie has a great way where she like, she talks about when we want people to act differently, what we're really in is resistance of who they are in the world. 
and we really are not trying to connect with them. We really are like the only way I could be with this person is if they act differently. And so she likes us to ask these questions like, why is this person's behavior a problem for me? Um, and usually it comes up with like grandparents should be this, um, normal people, normal grandparents would be saying this, like we have this expectation or this, um, behavior where we're judging it against, and we're really making their behavior mean like they are not loving like they should. And then you have to ask yourself, you know, well, why is this a problem for me? You know? And so taking those thoughts and flipping them and try to do the opposite, like, um, you know, this family I was working with where she was like, I just don't feel like she's loving and supporting this ch our child. And so I asked her, well, how are you not loving and supporting your grandparents? And that stopped her short because she's like, well, isn't, it's not our role to love and support grandparents. But I'm like, is it? And because I know like whenever anybody feels loved and supported, they actually show up in a very different way. And so when you take the, those thoughts that are hurting you about how they should be and you flip them around and try to do the opposite, what happens is you see how you are starting to mirror their bad behavior. And you're usually, what you're asking from them, you're usually not giving to them, okay? And that is kind of the default of our brain of when we are around negative behavior. In fact, they did a, um, a study about when people like were around rude behavior, and how it affected them, like all, even like just if you're at, they did a study of people seeing like at the store and somebody was rude to the store clerk and they kind of logged the people, what they had, their behavior always became more aggressive, something like they mirrored, everybody mirrored it. And so that's what you do on autopilot. And so when you can like see behavior that is difficult for what it is, where it's not about you, it's about how they're feeling about themselves and respect them with their choice with how their agency of how to show up, then that actually gives you all the power in the scenario. Because what you're doing is, like I said, they're going to act how they want, but you give them permission and that lets you love and respect them. And I like to go to like the changing of this power helps me when I'm like, what do I really want in the situation? Like, what, how do I want to feel? Like, what, what am I in control of is how I feel. And anything we want is because we want to feel a certain way. And so in this scenario, she really wanted to feel love for her child and love for her grandparents. And, you know, how did she get there? Where the first step is to like really see that she was causing the dislike, the distaste, um, the anxiety about her grandparents' comments. And it wasn't her grandparents' comments. And when she was able to step back and really turn it around to like, how is, what is loving and respecting the grandparents? It is kind of thoughts of like, they're doing the best they can. This is generationally how they would feel about it. They are confused. They're learning just like us, you know, just those little thoughts was enough of a shift for it not to feel so negative and to like really be able to still engage with her grandparents of talking to them and seeing, helping them in a loving way without a defensive way. Cause once we go to defense in um, a conversation with somebody who we view as difficult, quote unquote, difficult, then we kind of lose our power and we're not operating from um, our highest self and our calmest self. And to stay out of defense is like to like flip it around, see how you're mirroring it. Okay. And, you know, to show up how you want the other person. Okay. So 
first own it, own your, like, that is you're creating it, not their words, but your judgment and (laughs) what you think, what you're making their words mean, why their words are a problem. And then you're going to find like, okay, well, I want to feel this way about them. What do I need to be thinking to create love for this challenging person? It's a very deliberate and conscious of how you want to think and feel around the most challenging people. Because when you really own it, that gives you back the power. And if this sounds very simple, but I guarantee you it works every time. And it's so empowering because people behave and show up exactly how they're supposed to in your life. And, you know, I was talking to my client and I was like, listen, like, I want you to engage more with your grandparents because this is your classroom. Your classroom is to love the people that are not easy to love. And people show up exactly how they're supposed to, because when we really think that, then we show up with less resistance and we're coming from emotional adulthood of like, okay, so they're going to say words that feel challenging. How do I get to think about them? You know, and how do I pattern to my child of like, when grandma says these words, this is how we, you can think. And this is how you can engage, like showing love. What is love for her and for you? Like, what is a thought that creates that love, you know, instead of mirroring the judgment, mirroring the dislike, mirroring the ignorance, you know, what is really love? Because that is really true connection is when we're able to tolerate people with different opinions. Um, you know, I was just on, um, a trip with some of my sisters and they have some real opinions about pronouns. They're middle school teachers and they have kids like changing pronouns lots in the year. And so it gets really difficult for them. And it was, you know, I didn't shut them down. You know, I, I've told them like, you know, it's just a, become a safe place. If somebody is going through a gender identity, like accepting their pronouns is a small thing to do. I listen to how it's hard as a teacher But then I just gave them another point of view. Like when you're with somebody who you're not aligned with, view it as an opportunity for just another point of view, but don't have a discussion to try to change their mind. People get to think and act how they want. And so do we. And when we show respect, even when we disagree, that is exactly what they, we want from them. And so when we are always the one patterning that, it is the most powerful, empowering position because that's what we then get eventually. And so at the end of the conversation with some of my sister, they're like, okay, I could see how that would be helpful. And I will try to do better. Right. Like they're like, they understood, like, this is part of a mental health thing for the kids and it isn't personal, but I also could see as a teacher how it could be difficult. So it's not like I'm all right. And they're all wrong. Right. We're all just trying to figure out how to get along. And also we're all different, you know, and we're all going to look at it different. And that this when you stop thinking of people as difficult or challenging and you just view people as they are acting how they want. Um, and I get to, I can't control how they act or want. And if I want to feel respect, if I want them to respect me, I need to respect them. I need to respect their opinions. I need to respect their words. And what does that look like for me? And yes, there are certain people in your life that are, um, abusive you know, I'm not talking about abusive people and I'm talking about toxic or difficult abusive people that there are relationships need to be complete and you need to be very good with boundaries. Um, but I'm talking about the people that is difficult for us to be around. Like we don't like the experience of 
ourselves around them because of all of our thoughts we're creating about them. And that's where you start examining your judgment and your thinking about that person, why you are thinking they're doing it wrong, that they should be acting differently and then turn it around. Okay. Like if like they should respect me, see how you're not respecting them or they should love me, see how you're not loving them. And when you do this, this gives you the opportunity to change your thinking, which will change your behavior, which will give you that love and compassion that you want and that people will not feel difficult around you anymore. This is challenging work. This is, um, but this work right here is some of the most impactful work I've done. And really it's the most freeing because you, you feel so empowered in almost any social situation, any family situation. And, you know, I have a big family. I have nine siblings. And so when we get together, there's like 50 plus and I, there's no scenario that makes me feel nervous or scared because I really, I love people being who they are in their world, the freedom to be who they want. And I get to love them because of like this way I just taught you of how to manage my mind and love them and respect them and giving them permission to be who they are in the world, which we want for ourselves, right? We want to be who we are in the world. And we just need to create these tools so we can be that emotional adulthood where, which means that we are owning, if I'm feeling dislike, if I'm feeling annoyance, it's not because of people's words, it's because I'm creating it. Look at it. Don't judge yourself because if you judge yourself, you're going to shut it down, but just kind of be aware of you are the owner of how you feel around difficult people. And you actually are probably the one being difficult around the people, not the people's words. So if you have questions from this, I know this is a little bit difficult because we were like, no, there are some real, real difficult people out there. And I'm saying, yeah, there are some people that it's harder to manage your mind around, but I work, get on a call with me and that person that is driving you insane and driving, giving you a lot of angst, work with me and find the, get your power back. You know, really, you really can create that love and um, peace even around that person. I promise you, I've done that over and over again. I've helped so many clients. So good luck with this. And I hope you have a great day. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.